From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. Hey, Steph Curry, try spinning old basket Bill on your finger. (laughs) I'm Bill Curtis, and here is your host (laughs) at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much. We have worked on this show all week, and frankly, I think it's going to pay off. Later on, we're going to be talking to Olivia Wilde, the well-known actress who just directed her first feature film, Booksmart. It's about two young women who at the last minute realize they have spent their entire high school careers studying and forgot to have any fun. The alternative title for this film public radio hosts present at the creation. (laughs) We're trying to make up for that now, so join our desperate attempts to have fun by giving us a call. The number is 1-888-WAIT-WAIT. That's 1-888-924-8924. Let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Grace. I'm calling from Montreal, Quebec. Hey! You you have a riotous uh, crowd there. We do. They are. (laughs) Yes. They're crazy. Well, perhaps you're just not used to raucous enthusiasm in Canada, but here... It's true. We, we take things easy. Well, Grace, welcome to our show. Let me introduce you to our panel this week. First, a comedian who'll be at the Houston Improv June 13th through the 15th, and you can hear his new podcast, Back to School with Maz Jobrani, on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. It's Maz Jobrani. Hi, Grace. Next, a comedian performing at the Firehouse Grill in Evanston, Illinois, June 13th, and headlining the Comedy Bar in Chicago, July 5th through the 7th. It's Adam Burke. Hello, Grace. And finally, making her debut on our show, let's welcome a comedian whose Netflix special, produced by Tiffany Haddish and Wanda Sykes, comes out this summer. It's Ida Rodriguez. So, Grace, welcome to our show. You're going to play Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis is going to read you three quotations from this week's news. If you can correctly identify or explain two of them, you will win our prize. Any voice from our show you might like for your voicemail. Are you ready to play? Okay, I'm just going to take a little breath here. Okay, yes, go. All right. Your first quote is from the president. There were thousands of people on the streets cheering. There were definitely not thousands of people in the streets (laughs) cheering for the president. Where this week? Um, I'm going to say London. Yes, London, England. Very good. The president was in Europe to commemorate the 75th anniversary of D-Day. And while you might say that's a solemn occasion to recognize the sacrifice of our nation and our allies, the Trumps say family vacation. (laughs) Everybody was there. Don Jr., Eric, Ivanka, that other girl. But... They're all having such a good time. Don Jr. and Eric went for a pub crawl. But everybody waited until the fifth pub to tell them that you don't actually crawl. (laughs) 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 Ivanka, and this is true, excitedly tweeted, quote, en route to The Hague. (laughs) Yeah, you are, Ivanka. (laughs) 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 Technically. Yes, you are. I I was thinking that about when when Piers Morgan was interviewing Donald Trump, and I was like, that's a great moment, because that's two other people that don't have to talk to either Piers Morgan or Donald Trump. (laughs) We get to section them off. Yeah, it's sort of like the Iran-Iraq war of talk shows. (laughs) Just let them deal with each other. 
I do like. I also hey, why you got to bring Iran into this? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're all wondering. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but you have to understand, President Trump. I don't think actually likes being president, doing the job, you know, doing the meetings, making the decisions. He likes the pomp and circumstance. So he loved the state dinner they threw for him with the Queen and the royal family. And we saw those pictures of him wearing that white tie and tails outfit. And it was weird that it fit so poorly because it was perfectly tailored for a 230-pound guy. <laughs> I, I tell you what I did love, though. What? It's like okay. as a mom, you know the, those kids that come to your house that they're so bad, you're like, they can stay for dinner, but they can't spend the night? Right, yeah. That's what they did to him at the palace. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> He cannot spend yeah, the past, night. Past presidents on state visits have stayed at Buckingham Palace. Oh, no, it's under renovation. They have 130 bedrooms. Yes. <laughs> Hilarious. All right, Grace, your next quote is someone on Twitter reacting to recent scientific news. Thank God. That was a reaction to news that what will end by 2050? Oh, geez. Um... Climate change? It's not so much that climate change will end, it's that climate change will end something else. Population growth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to give it to you because yeah. basically everything will be over <laughs> by 2050, the whole world. You may have missed this because everybody was distracted by that hilarious video of the rescued hiker spinning underneath the helicopter. Wasn't that great? But according to a study out of Australia, there is an excellent chance that human civilization will be over by 2050, which is silly because human civilization already ended when we started using fried chicken as bread for our sandwiches. <laughs> you may be wondering how these scientists, uh, who are dead serious, by the way, can be so specific, the world ends precisely in 2050. That's because research has shown the world's warranty expires in 2049. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see this? Did you guys notice this in the, um, in the Walter of the Week's news? Yeah, I, got, I, had, I had reactions on Twitter because my response was, good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, we need a wash. I feel like I'm in a real bad game of Sims right now. Yeah, <laughs> just we need, a, we need a reboot. I, I, I love to think that when the world does end in 2050, uh, all the Game of Thrones fan will be like, you had 8,000 years to come up with a good ending. Yes. And this is the best you could do. <laughs> Honest to God. <laughs> the news that the world would end in 2050 came out the same week Joe Biden announced his plan to reduce carbon emissions, and this is true, by 2050. <laughs> He might need to massage that a bit. Well, didn't he get in trouble for that, too? The plagiarism thing, right? Oh, did he plagiarize something again? Yeah, that, they, oh, that old scamp Uncle Joe. Well, they said that, <laughs> they, said that they, they, he, they basically took the verbiage from other climate uh, uh, researchers, and they didn't cite it. They just put it into the thing. So whoever was doing it basically just copied and pasted. I, I believe he stole his uh, climate plan from the book of Revelations. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the problem. I, I feel like Michelle Obama is at home like, I'm a, ooh, I'm so tired of these people. Really? Like, yeah, she wrote Melania's speech. She wrote Joe Biden's <laughs> climate change no, plan. No. Maybe she's... She wrote your intro. She did. <laughs> <laughs> she's like... <laughs> Thanks a lot, Mrs. Obama. <laughs> All right, Grace, here is your last quote. If the FBI says it's near here, I guess that's it for now. That was a man named Peter Byrne. He's 93 years old, and mm -hmm. he's best known among his peers as one of the four horsemen of Sasquatchery. He was talking to the Washington Post this week after the FBI finally released their top secret files on what? Wow, I have no idea. 
You never heard. Um, are, you never are heard. Are we of, talking about Saskatchewan? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, it's a reference to Sasquatch, also known as. Bigfoot? Yes, yes, Bigfoot is the answer. Yeah, Bigfoot. Okay. Back in the day, as I'm sure you know, the FBI used to keep surveillance files on all kinds of public figures. Why not Bigfoot? In fact, there's one theory that Bigfoot never revealed himself because he was afraid J. Edgar Hoover would reveal that he's been wearing an enormous back toupee. <laughs> but for decades, there has been rumors that the FBI had tested a fur sample found in Oregon and discovered it was not from any animal known to man. But this week they finally released the file and it turns out that's true as long as the man we're talking about had never heard of a deer because that's what it is. <laughs> he, w he waited 40 years and it was like the answer is no. I mean, yeah, sorry. They could have at least like just for a minute been like, you were right, it was Bigfoot. And then he's like, yes. And they go, just kidding, it was a deer. It was a deer. Uh, <laughs> or, wait, or waited eight years. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It was 93, I'm just saying. It doesn't really last forever. Just, yeah, yeah, tests are still inconclusive. Yeah. Hang in there. Yeah, I know. Or, or, or on his deathbed, they could have paid a guy to dress as Bigfoot. <laughs> just have, just got one massive pallbearer. Yeah. <laughs> that must be your first job at the FBI. We're going to put you on the old Bigfoot case. Put it around. 40 years, we still haven't cracked it. Is it yeah. Uh, yeah. Bill, how did Grace do in our quiz? Our guest from Canada did very well. Congratulations. Three Thank of them. Well much. done, Grace. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye-bye. Right now, panel, it is time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Ida, saying that they're hoping to appeal to people who just hate to go shopping, Charmin, the toilet paper company, has introduced a new product. What is it? Uh, first, did they improve the toilet paper first? <laughs> <laughs> this is sort of an improvement. Paper towels? No. <laughs> I know this. Can I give her a clue? You're mad. It's like what? Yeah, so it's, it is, it's, it's the product, but what? <laughs> wow. Adam, Apparently, Adam, you you're great not. at giving clues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I don't know. I can't even guess. Uh, I'll let Adam take it if you know it. Uh, it's, 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 isn't it called Charmin Forever? It's just a giant roll of Charmin? Yes, it is. Oh, it's, a a, roll. it's a roll of Charmin so large it is designed to last you three months. <laughs> Where do you keep it? Well, funny H that you ask. <laughs> because it, since an enormous roll of toilet paper will not fit in your standard dispenser, you have to buy one. It comes with like a own little stand. I mean, think about it. You have to go and buy toilet paper, right? Because you ran out of toilet paper. You buy this, you will not run out for three months. Imagine like a small car tire <laughs> hanging next to your toilet. But you do realize you could like on Amazon, you get a subscription. I have one. The toilet paper comes every few months and we use it. I don't need... <laughs> Do you, have a subscri you have a subscription to toilet paper. Uh, yes. Does the toilet paper pile up unread like your New I, Yorkers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No. It's, 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 it, the subscription works the same as Netflix. It goes, are you still on the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> roll on forever, babe. Roll on forever, babe. Roll on into the end of time. Roll on forever into the dead of night. 
Coming up, stand clear of the closing doors, please. It's a commuter-themed Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Fitbit. Fitbit wants everyone to know their body better. Even your dad, who probably doesn't know how much deep sleep he gets, or that his heart beats faster at the smell of barbecue ribs, or that he burned 500 calories in the back nine. Get the incredible dad in your life, the gift of finally knowing everything. Shop now at Fitbit.com weight and save up to $30 with free next day shipping through June 15th. After more than 50 years of lies and silence, a witness to the attack on Jim Reeb finally tells the truth about what she saw. I didn't know whether they'd gonna get off or not, but I was glad when they did. Even though they were guilty and I knew they were guilty and they knew they were guilty. It's White Lies from NPR. Listen and subscribe now. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Adam Burke. Ida Rodriguez and Maz Gibrani, and here again is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Segal. Thank you very much, Bill. Thank you so much, everybody. Hey, we want to remind you that you can also hear our show as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Finally, we get to the bottom of who murdered Maz Gibrani. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Spoiler. <laughs> right now, though, it's time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play our game in the air. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hey, Peter. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Who's Sean? this? Sean. Sean. <laughs> Sean, where are you calling from, Sean? Sumter, South Carolina. Sumter, South Carolina? Okay, what do you do? Yep. Uh, I'm a trucker. Oh, you are. We sometimes hear from truckers. They they like uh, public radio because it keeps them company on the road. Is that the case with you? Uh, it is. I like your show, and uh, when Star Talk was on, yeah, that really gave me uh, uh, a good chuckle when uh, I needed one. So thank you. That that's why we're here. That's <laughs> that's two hours a week. What do you do to pass the rest of the time? Oh well. Uh, interesting you should ask. I happen to be the most interesting person I personally know. Oh! So you don't mind all that time alone in the cab because you've got you with you. That's right. Well, Sean, Sean, welcome to the show. You're going to play the game in which you have to tell truth from fiction. Bill, what is Sean's topic? Get out of the way, Grandma. Ah, the commute, the thing you don't like to do that gets you to the place you don't want to be. This week, we read about someone trying to improve your commute for you. Our panelists are going to tell you about it. Pick the one who's telling the truth. You'll win our prize, the voice of the wait waiter of your choice on your voicemail. You ready to play, Sean? Sure. Okay, here we go. First, let's hear from Adam Burke. Strap hangers of the world know the pains of public transportation, particularly in summertime, when it is, quite literally, the pits. Across the globe, commuters are crushed into densely packed compartments, face to face with a stranger's underarm that's been insufficiently perfumed. (laughs) Now a Tacoma-based consulting firm think they've solved the issue and are currently conducting tests on the subway network in Seoul, South Korea. It's a very simple concept, explains lead engineer Sarah Chen. No one wants to cause a scene by calling someone out for their scent, so our solution is both effective and more importantly anonymous. 
Each strap and handled on a train car is equipped with a special mechanism, which, when activated by a subtle twist and pull motion, dispenses a pleasant, fragrant mist, which deodorizes the area immediately around the olfactorily affected passenger. <laughs> While attempts have been made to alleviate train stench in the past, this is the first to be passenger-operated. Our original design had the spray aimed directly at the problem area, explained Chan, <laughs> but height differences meant some people were getting deodorized right in the face. <laughs> the pilot program is going well. We're calling it Axilla, says Chen, <laughs> partially because that's the scientific name for armpits, but mainly because Axilla sounds like a giant lizard made of body spray. <laughs> Deodorant spritzers installed at armpit height that can be activated by anyone who needs to on the trains. Your next story of a commute improved comes from Ida Rodriguez. There's a new way to get to work in New York, and it is taking the city by the walls. It's a new startup called PRKR. That's parkour with no vowels. <laughs> parkour, of course, is the new sport of leaping from place to place in the urban environment like acrobatics without a circus tent or a net underneath you. PRKR provides you with your very own parkour coach who will show up at your home at a designated time and help you jump, spin, climb, and somersault your way to work. It's staffed entirely by out-of-work former circus performers. <laughs> because is there any other kind of former circus performers? <laughs> Owner Bigsby Daniel says, quote, people complain that the sidewalks in Midtown are too crowded, and they are, but the walls are like an express lane. <laughs> All of a sudden, my boring commute was an exciting life and death adventure, said PRKR client Leslie Danson from her hospital bed. <laughs> as soon as my clavicle heals, I'm going to upgrade to the Spider-Man rooftop jumps package. <laughs> Committing by parkour in New York City. Your last story of a commute in good repute comes from Maz Jobrani. If you live in a big city, you've certainly seen rental electric scooters zipping hipsters around town, being left haphazardly on sidewalks, and annoying the hell out of you. Well, in an effort to improve the local commute experience, a Swedish company called Kangaroo is introducing an alternative ride-sharing option. Kangaroo, spelt with a C, is a pogo stick-sharing company. <laughs> yes, pogo stick. Since tech companies are always looking for new, innovative ways to do business, no matter how stupid it sounds, <laughs> Kangaroo has decided that bouncing from your lunch meeting to your personal trainer to your dinner date is what we all need in our lives. CEO and co-founder Adam Mickelson states, We've been following the micro-mobility market and seen the demand. We also are making a statement and contributing to something beyond taking you from point A to point B emphasizing the sustainability and fitness aspect of the pogo sticks. Like most trends, this one will probably catch on for a little while until someone bounces off a pogo stick onto the sidewalk and into the hospital. Anyone who's seen this movie before knows that kangaroo can go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean, let me review your choices for you. One of these stories of a way to make your commute more interesting, if not quicker, is true. From Adam Burke, installing spray deodorant dispensers in subways that you can spritz them right in the offending armpit. 
From Aida, commuting by parkour in New York City. And from Maz, rental pogo sticks. Just like those scooters, but bouncier. Which of these is the real story of a new transportation option? Well, I like the first one, where you get the spritz, the uh, person in the armpit. You, I, okay. So your choice is Adam's story of the little devices that allow you to spritz offending people right in their armpit, hopefully without their knowledge, on smelly subway cars. Right. All right. Well, to bring you the correct answer, we spoke to the person who is actually in charge of this way of improving your commute. Of course, we're not that delusional that we believe that pogo sticks per se is going to compete with scooters or cars. That was Adam Mickelson. He is the founder and CEO of Kangaroo, the company behind the pogo stick share program. And before we go further, we just have to admit, Maz nailed his accent. Come on! Nailed it! Come on! His voice. I thought it was you again, Maz. <laughs> so anyway, as we have no doubt to t figured out, Sean, because you realize this, that in fact, Adam was lying. It was Maz who had the unbelievable true story of the rent-a-pogo sticks. I'm sorry you did not win. However, you've earned a point for Adam for, I think, his lovely idea <laughs> of dealing with the problem of subways in the summer. Thank you so much for listening, Sean. Thank you so much for calling and playing. Thanks, Peter. Take care, man. And now the game where we ask somebody cool to do something lame. Olivia <laughs> Wilde became well-known as an actor in TV shows like The O.C. and House and movies like Tron Legacy and Cowboys and Aliens. And now she's behind the camera, seems to be working out well. Her debut film, Book Smart, is one of the best-reviewed films of 2019. Olivia Wilde, welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you. So you've done so much in a relatively brief time. Is there, is there one thing for which you think you're most well-known when people see you in the street? I think it is probably House, but you never know. There's, there's Tron fans everywhere. They come out of the woodwork, you know. I do. They're, they're, they're sort of more of the nerdy variety. <laughs> yes, they're also the, the most awesome. I love the Tron fans everywhere. Right. But I have to say, uh, Drinking Buddies is a movie I shot in Chicago. Yes, with our very own Jess Swanberg. And yes, and I, I love it very much, and I have to give it up for the Chicago micro-brew scene, which is really awesome, and I miss it. This is great, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned this, Olivia, because obviously, as we've mentioned, you've done some pretty serious Hollywood projects, and Joe Swanberg, a local filmmaker here in Chicago, he's famous for shooting ultra-low-budget movies. He doesn't yeah. script them. He just says, hey, guys, this is your character. Sit here. I'm turning on the camera. Go. Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah, and, and did you enjoy working that way? Oh, my God, I loved it, especially because we were drunk 100% of the time. <laughs> I tried to emulate it with Booksmart, with less beer, because we had young people. I but understand. But it was still fun. So let's talk about the movie. You're, you, this isn't the first thing you directed. You've done some short films, but this is your first feature, which is very exciting. Yeah. Um, one of the things I've read is that it's very intimidating to be a movie director, because even in a low-budget movie, there's a lot of money, there's a lot of people. They're all looking to you to be the leader. Did you yes. have to struggle with that? Was that tough for you, or did you fall naturally into the role? I, I fell pretty naturally into it, because I've been on sets for 17 years, 
And I was ready to take the reins, you know? I was ready to be the boss. So it wasn't too hard. I enjoyed that part. Had you been on sets doing all those other projects you've been doing, sitting there the whole time going, damn it, I should be in charge? <laughs> Increasingly, yes. I understand, <laughs> yeah. This movie, Booksmart, uh, it's about two young women. They're about to graduate high school. It's also very contemporary, if I'm not mistaken. It takes place right now, the spring of 2019. Yes, that's right. And uh, you, you are, to me, a very young person but you're not that young so did no. you have to learn stuff about like what high school kids are like now and how they were different when you were graduating high school yeah basically they're just a lot better now they're much smarter they're much cooler they're much more evolved they're much more fluid um, and then I had to learn some of their cool lingo because I am 100,000 years old and I had to kind of catch up on how they talk and they have cool lingo like for the longest time, I didn't know what they meant when they were like, rad fit, Liz. And I was like, what are they saying? But that means outfit, so I pass that on to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> the word... Fit. The word F-I-T. F-I-T. Fit, so the like, word... F like frog. Fit. Rad fit. Rad fit, man. Yeah. Did they ever tell you anything that made you think they were just pulling your leg? <laughs> I'm sure they were the whole time, but... They were very, very kind to me. <laughs> um, I have to ask you, this is a movie, uh, as is given away by the title, about two rather brainy girls in high school who, in fact, decide at one point they haven't had enough fun. They've been so brainy and working so hard. Was that what you were like in, in high school? I went to, like, the ultimate nerd high school, just the nerdiest of the nerds, and I was one of them, and I'm proud to be, but we didn't have fun parties, unless... Everyone else did, and I just wasn't made aware. But <laughs> uh, I've I had met to some... make a movie about it in order to go to the party. Yeah, I had to cast everyone and pay them to be there. <laughs> so the, the the movie has come out. It's gotten great reviews. I hope a lot of people see it. Let's assume that it is the success that it seems to be. Do you know what you want to do next? Are you going to try to do one of those big superhero movies next? That seems to be the I mean, usual progression. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that it? That sounds fun. Well, you've done those big movies. You could handle it. I can handle it. I can handle it. As long as I have, you know, good snacks and um, <laughs> some loud music, I can make it happen. Really? But truly, you know, I will say, the statistics are pretty grim for female filmmakers. So I say that all of us ladies should step up and start telling stories as much as we possibly can. Well, Olivia Wilde, we have, in fact asked you here to play a game that we're calling Olivia Wilde Have Some Wild Wings. Ooh, That's right. right. We're going to ask you about Buffalo Wild Wings, <laughs> <laughs> the casual dining franchise that was named in your honor by some drunk guys who were really into cowboys and aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Answer two out of three questions correctly and you'll win our prize for one of our listeners, the wait waiter of their choice during their voicemail. Bill, who is Olivia Wilde playing for? Ned Bohovic of Denver, Colorado. All right. You ready to do this? Yes, I am. All right. Here's your first question. Though the star of the menu at Buffalo Wild Wings is obviously the wings, that's not all they have to offer. You could also order which of these at one of their restaurants. A, a one-gallon bag of fountain soda for only $7.99. <laughs> B, a cocktail called the gin and tonic and ranch dressing. <laughs> or C, chicken forearms. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I'm just, I really... I hope it's the bag. What was the bag of? A bag of... A fountain soda. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> um, and what does that come with? Well, it comes with a bag and some soda. <laughs> are, are you choosing that? I'm choosing it. You're right, Olivia. That's the right one. Wow. 
Very good. It's good for parties. Yes. Next question, you can catch almost any sport you want on the many TVs at your local Buffalo Wild Wings, but at one location in Alabama, you can also do what? A, attend a church service, B, hunt game in the very big backyard, or C, have paintball fights with other customers. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm going to go with church. You're absolutely right, Olivia, yes. Of course, the church service at this particular Buffalo Wild Wings begins before the restaurant opens. You can't have beer and wings during service. However, they encourage you to stick around and enjoy it after the sermon. Does, does the communion wine also come in a bag? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's your last question. You can be perfect in this, as you have been in so many other things. Aw. Here's your last question. March Madness is the busiest time at Buffalo Wild Wings, right? So the restaurant is always looking for ways to make the customer's experience even more enjoyable, including which of these? A, they set up booths with sports bookies to help you draw up your brackets. B, an on-site therapist for those suffering from actual clinical March Madness. <laughs> or C, the jewel stool, a cooled bar stool for men who got vasectomies so they could skip work and watch more games. <laughs> I love all of those so much, but I'm gonna go with A. You're gonna go with A, the booths with sports bookies. No, it was actually the jewel stool. <laughs> this is true. And it is ingenious, many men schedule vasectomies around March Madness, this is true, so they can enjoy the enforced rest in front of the TV. So why not entice them down to Wild Wings, right? Oh my God. Wow. Marketing genius. Bill, That's how did right. Olivia Wilde do on our quiz? She won, two out of three. That's a big one for her. Congratulations. You should feel good about this. I feel great. Do I get a lifetime supply of wings? I'm hoping. <laughs> I think you should go into your nearest Buffalo Wild Wings and say, hello, I'm Olivia Wilde. <laughs> I would like some wings and see what happens. <laughs> okay, I'm on it. You'd go do it. Olivia Wilde's new film, Booksmart, is in theaters now. Go see it. It's charming and funny as all get out. Olivia Wilde, thank you so much for joining us on Wait, 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 Wait. In just a minute, Doc! It's our listener limerick challenge game. Call one wait wait to join us on the air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. If you want to hear more about Olivia Wilde and her new movie, Booksmart, then check out last Friday's episode of Pop Culture Happy Hour, where you can get a twice-weekly lowdown on the latest in TV and film. Support for NPR in this podcast comes from Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Choiceology examines the forces that affect our perceptions and decisions, like why we underestimate how long a project will take or think an outcome was obvious in hindsight. Host Katie Milkman explores questions like these and shares strategies for making better choices in life. Download the latest episode and subscribe at schwab.com podcast or wherever you listen. Human behavior doesn't always make a ton of sense, at least on the surface. I said, would you mind if I give the dogs a little piece of cracker with some hot sauce on it and without and see what they choose? Hidden Brain, a spicy podcast about science, psychology, and why people do what they do.
From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Ida Rodriguez, Maz Jobrani, and Adam Burke. And here again is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Segal. Thank you, Bill. In just a minute. Bill will be hogging the remote control in our Listener Limerick Challenge game. If you'd like to play, give us a call at one wait wait That's one 924 8924 Right now, panel, some more questions for you from the week's news. Adam, while the Finnish people rank at the top of the world in terms of lifespan, education, and wealth, the Wall Street Journal reports that they are at the bottom in one category. What? Uh, humor. Almost. I'll give you a hint. It's like... Uh, nice weather we are having, huh? Uh, doing a Miles Jabrani accent. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely it. Uh, nice weather we are having, <laughs> huh? <laughs> that sounds like a South Asian Doctor Strange line. Oh, it is. <laughs> it is. I, I, yeah, I, I'd mix them all up. I understand. Uh, small talk? I don't know. Exactly, oh. small talk. You got it. Apparently the Finnish, as a nation, they're terrible at small talk. But, but yeah, they, they may be at the top of the world and all these other important things, but they're near the bottom at chatting with a stranger next to you at Stjarbjuks. <laughs> <laughs> and this is true. Many schools in Finland are now offering small talk classes to help Finns engage with people from other countries who enjoy small talk. It goes like this. A student gets up before the class and the teacher says, I like your shirt. Where did you get it? And the student stands there like totally frozen for 20 seconds before saying, fine, thanks, how are you? <laughs> you mean to tell me there's a place in the world where white people shut up? Yes! <laughs> yes! Uh, I want in! <laughs> that's, that's why it's called, that's why they're called Finnish. Yeah. <laughs> Just Finnish! Just Finnish. Yeah. Maz, as some countries turn to solar and wind power, our Department of Energy is still all in on fossil fuels. In fact, in a recent press release, it referred to fossil fuels as what? Uh, essential. No. It, it's a little bit like, you may remember this back during the Iraq war where they decided they didn't want to call french fries. Freedom fries. Fr right. Oh, so it was freedom fuel? Close enough. They called it molecules of freedom. Oh, no. I quote the government of the United States. Quote. The Department of Energy is doing what it can to promote an efficient regulatory system that allows for molecules of U.S. freedom to be exported to the world, unquote. This was, this was a press release about exporting natural gas, or as they called it, and I promise you again, I am not kidding, freedom gas. <laughs> Which is, what, which is what we thought they called what happens when you eat too many hot dogs in the 4th of July. No, we do not need to wait till 2050. No, no. <laughs> is there any way we can hurry that up? Oh my All God. is lost. Molecules of Freedom sounds like it was invented by atoms of asshats. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I, I see where they're coming from. Like, I can't wait to be free from the onerous burden of breathing. Yes. <laughs> It takes so much time. Oh my in God. and out and in and out all day long. When does it end? 2050, by the way. That's when it ends. We now know. Adam, question for you. Adam, if you've ever gone to CVS and wondered what it would be like to lay down on the floor, good news. 
As part of the company's expanded focus on healthcare, they'll soon be offering customers what? Uh, in-store yoga lessons. Exactly oh, right, really? Adam. Yeah. <laughs> wow. The CVS uh, pharmacy chain is expanding to focus on wellness by offering in-store yoga classes, encouraging deep breathing exercises in the place everyone goes when they have a cold. <laughs> they will also be offering a selection of eight-foot-long receipts as yoga mats. <laughs> That's brilliant. I mean, how does that work? They can be like, uh, uh, downward dog, aisle five. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I know that when I've, I've been standing in line uh, at a packed CVS with people uh, coughing and spluttering all over me, I've always thought, you know what's missing? Yoga farts. That's yeah. just the one thing that would really... Yeah. Freedom gas? Yeah. yeah. Freedom gas. <laughs> Coming up, it's lightning fill in the blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call the leave a message at one triple eight wait wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. You can click the contact us link on our website, waitwait.npr.org. There you can find out about attending our weekly live shows right here at the Chase Bank Auditorium in Chicago. And our upcoming shows, ready? June twenty seventh at the Mann Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. July eighteenth at the Blossom Music Center near Cleveland, located within Cuyahoga National Park. And forget Moz, be your own panelist with our smart speaker quiz. <laughs> He's gonna be dead soon anyway. <laughs> Answer questions about the news and you may win a prize. Just say open the Wait Wait quiz to your Alexa or Google Home device and let the games begin. Hi, you're on Wait Wait, don't tell me. Hi, this is Josh from Asheville, North Carolina. I love Asheville and I have not been there in too long. What do you do there in Asheville? I'm in contractor sales at a building supply company. Oh, so you're selling the stuff that the contractors use to do their stuff. Is that good work? Uh, yes, most of the time it is. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you do any contracting or building yourself? Uh, no, I prefer to have all thin fingers. Yes, I understand. <laughs> well, welcome to our show, Josh. Bill Curtis is going to read you three news-related limericks with a last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly, and two of the limericks will be a winner. You ready to play? Yes, sir. All right, here's your first limerick. Core values, this game will dislodge all. Quit throwing so hard at my crodge, y'all. <laughs> While some sports make humble, this makes the world crumble. Let's banish the savage game. Uh, dodgeball. Dodgeball, yes. yes! Very good. A team of Canadian sociologists who clearly enjoyed junior high school say dodgeball is a, quote, tool of oppression that, quote, encourages students to aggressively single others out for dominance and to enjoy that exclusion and dominance as a victory, which is also how you win at dodgeball. <laughs> they argue that dodgeball is morally flawed and harmful to the social development of children. What they failed to mention is that if you throw the ball at the right angle, it'll bounce right in front of the guy across from you into the perfect crotch shot. Ten points for Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> Don't these, you know these people who always uh, talk about getting rid of aggression or c competition in schools? Don't they always sound like aliens that are trying to take over the world in 20 years' yes. time? They're always like, yeah, your children are way too good at defending themselves. Yes. <laughs> you them need them to be the passive yeah, and right. peaceful. Here, Josh, is your next limerick. We got tired of cafes that have cats. We think rodents are better for chats. 
Over whiskeys and beers, they lend whiskers and ears. Our bar lets you drink with live... Bats? Not bats. No wings. Uh, uh, so they're not flying bats. Rats. Rats, yes! Right. <laughs> Rat Bar is a new bar in San Francisco that offers customers a chance to drink with live rats. And it's definitely not just a bar that had a rat infestation and had to come up with an excuse. <laughs> it opens this month and will offer a booze-fueled history lesson about San Francisco's past, and then you get to go drinking in a room full of rats that you can touch and hold. That's right, touch and hold. What a deal. It's right next to Cockroach's Tacos. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your last limerick, Josh. Good for underwear line vigilantes. They were once made for grannies, not aunties. These high-waisted briefs seem a little massif, but the kids now all wear granny. Oh man, you're gonna make me say panties. Oh, yes! 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 <laughs> <laughs> If you like your panties like you like your grandma, high-waisted and hanging out at Walgreens, then you will love this season's hottest lingerie trend, granny panties. The frumpy underpants exploded in popularity when a photo of Rihanna wearing them went viral. Young women flocked to buy the cavernous intimates, while others patiently waited for grandma to die in hopes of an inheritance. <laughs> Other celebs flaunting the full granny panties include J-Lo, Kendall Jenner, and Angela Lansbury. <laughs> Ironically, your actual grandma is now sporting a crotchless thong, so... <laughs> funny how that works. Oy. It wasn't crotchless when she first got it. I know. <laughs> Those darn rats! <laughs> Bill, how did Josh do in our quiz? Three for three, quite a win. You got all three right. You won, Josh. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you so much for playing. Pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from ABC, presenting the new game show, Press Your Luck where you have to take big risks to win big bucks and be sure to avoid the whammy. Round for round, contestants answer questions to earn spins, and the more spins, the more chances they get to bank some cash. But if they land on the whammy, he'll steal your cash. Elizabeth Banks hosts the fun and thrilling Press Your Luck, premiering Wednesday, June 12th on ABC. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Home Instead Senior Care. Gerontologist and caregiver advocate Lakeland Hogan reflects on Homestead's mission to enhance the lives of aging adults and their families. You don't stop living once you hit a certain age. You can still live a rich, meaningful life through your, your later years. And so we are really excited to be celebrating our 25th anniversary at Homestead and to be still uh, working towards our mission. To learn more about Homestead Senior Care, go to homestead.com. Now on to our final game, Lightning Fill-in-the-Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as he or she can. Each correct answer now worth two points. Bill, can you give us the score? Adam has four, Moz has two, and Ida doesn't have any. <laughs> All right. So that means that, Ida, you are up first. The clock will start when they begin your first question, fill-in-the-blank. This week, an accident at Blank Military Academy caused one fatality and over 20 injuries. 
West Point? Yes, very good. On Monday, Apple announced that it was discontinuing blank. Uh, it is discontinuing morality. No. <laughs> iTunes, while cutting into the cake at her daughter's graduation party, a woman in Texas was disappointed to discover the bakery had given her blank. Uh, gluten? No. <laughs> a cake made entirely of styrofoam. On Wednesday, it was the display cake, you see. They sent it over. On Wednesday, video streaming site Blank announced they were removing thousands of videos expressing, quote, hateful ideologies. YouTube? Right. On Monday, the governor of Texas signed a bill banning all Blank cameras. Phone cameras? No red light cameras. After being awoken by a loud sound in his entryway, an Australian man was able to scare off a home invader by blanking. Streaking? You know what? I'm going to give it to you. By stripping naked and chasing him with a didgeridoo. <laughs> Is that what they call it? <laughs> the man says he was startled awake around 4 in the morning and was surprised to find a thief trying to sneak out his front door with stolen goods. But he probably wasn't as surprised as the thief was when the man stripped off his clothes, picked up his didgeridoo, and started chasing him around the house. <laughs> Bill, how did Ida do on our quiz? Ida's in the game. She got three rights of six more points, total of six. Very well done. All right. Maz, you are up next. Fill in the blank. On Tuesday, the House passed a bill offering a path to citizenship for blanks. Uh, DACA. Dreamers. Dreamers. Yes, very good. On Monday, former White House Communications Director Blank agreed to provide Congress with some documents related to the Trump campaign. Hope Hicks. Yes. This week, the CDC reported that the outbreak of blank had surpassed 1,000 cases. The measles. Right. According to a new report, the 2020 blank could undercount the U.S. population by 4 million people. Census. Right. A principal of a school in West Virginia has apologized after accusations that he plagiarized his graduation speech from blank. Uh, 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 Oprah. Ashton Kutcher's acceptance speech at the 2013 Nickelodeon Teen Choice Awards. <laughs> On Wednesday, Oakland became the second city to decriminalize blank. Oh, mushrooms. Yes, magic mushrooms. This week, the world celebrated <laughs> as a baby in England became one of the first to ever to be born with blank. Wings. <laughs> that would have been cooler. The answer is frosted tips. Frosted tips were one of the trendiest hairstyles in the 90s and were perfect for anyone who wanted to have one more thing to regret about their high school years. But the 90s are back in a big way, as proven by Daisy Evans, a baby born with completely natural frosted tips. Daisy's parents think it's adorable, but it's definitely going to be overshadowed 20 years from now when Daisy gives birth to a baby that comes out of the womb vaping. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, how did Moz do in our quiz? Five right, ten more points, and a total of 12. Well done. Pretty All right, good. then. More math. How many does Adam need to win? Four to tie, five to win. All right, Adam, you ready to do this? Uh, yeah. This is for the game. Fill in the blank. On Monday, a federal judge rejected House Democrats' lawsuit against Trump over blank spending. Um, military spending. No. Uh, no, border wall. This week marked the 30th anniversary of the pro-democracy protests at Tiananmen Square in blank. China. Yeah, Beijing. On Friday, the 2019 Women's World Cup kicked off in blank. Uh, Qatar? No, in France. That's the Men's World Cup. Actress Jenny Slate was announced as a commencement speaker for Cuddyhunk Middle School, where she'll speak to a room filled with blank. Uh, one a student. Yes, exactly. One single graduating eighth grader. On Monday, James Holzhauer's winning streak on a blank came to an end after 32 games. What is Jeopardy? Yes, ride-sharing app. <laughs> Uber announced they'd be offering blank rides to JFK Airport starting next month. 
Uh, unicycle. Helicopter. Despite the best efforts of locksmiths, blacksmiths, and even the manufacturer, a 100-year-old safe on display at a museum in Canada remained locked until blank. Until a visitor came along and opened it on the first try. That's exactly right. A tourist yeah. guessed it on the first yeah. try. The safe has been in the museum for 30 years, and despite their best efforts, no one's been able to open it. And that was the case until a tourist came in and guessed the right combination on the very first try. Sadly, the only thing in the mystery safe was a few papers and a pile of dust, but the museum has invited the man to try his luck in the bank vault next door to see if there's <laughs> anything more exciting. Bill, did Adam do well enough to win? He did very, very well. Four right, eight more points, total to 12, which means he ties with Muzz. Oh, yes. In just a minute, we're going to ask our panelists to predict, now that we know the truth about Bigfoot, what will be the next surprising FBI file that gets released. Thanks to Stock and Ledger Restaurant here in Chicago for filling our bellies with joy and falafel. Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions. Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord, Philip Godica writes our limericks, our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our house manager is Tyler Green, assisted by Simon Tran. Our interns are Panina Beattie and Lila Francis. Our web guru is Beth Novi. BJ Lederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dernboss, and Lillian King. Our designated survivor is Peter Gwynn. Technical direction is Lorna White. Our business and ops manager is Colin Miller. Our production coordinator is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Chillog. And the executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Michael Danforth. Now, panel, what file will the FBI reveal next? Maz Jobrani. Uh, they will reveal that Osama bin Laden is still alive and working at a coffee shop in Brooklyn making Osama bin lattes. Aida <laughs> Rodriguez. Uh, the FBI's will be releasing a files stating that the FBI actually stands for full-blooded Italian. Adam Burke. Uh, fans of Aliens will be overjoyed when they release not the X-Files, but the A-Files, because that's how an alphabetized filing system works. Well, if any of that happens, panel, we're going to ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to Mazda Brani, Adam Burke, and Ida Rodriguez. Thanks to all of you for listening. Peter Sagal, we'll see you next week. This is NPR.